So I had planned on doing uh, verse by verse in Ephesians again this week, but I was derailed by a sermon request, a topic request, and the topic request was not official. We all know how we're supposed to officially put in our requests here. You all have to know the form, right? Okay. The official sermon request form, you've got probably five of them in your wallet right now. You just write your request on the back of a $100 bill. That's the official form. Just kidding. But, you know, that's the nice thing about the Grace message in the Grace Church is we're not bound by a calendar. We're not bound by some kind of liturgy that we have to follow every week. Somebody's got a question or somebody says, hey, I want to hear a sermon about this. Okay, we can do that. So that's that's nice. And, that, you know, that's when you go to a church that is, is just following the liturgical calendar, you go and you hear churchy things and you may hear some Bible read. But at the end of the day, you walk out of there and you feel like you've done something holy, but you haven't got your questions answered. Or, or things that are relevant to you. I, I just remember being frustrated by that. I had so many questions that were unanswered. So the sermon topic request, you only need four hands to turn to all the verses you need to turn to. It's Ephesians 1.5. Ephesians 1.5. Galatians 3.26, and then we've also got John 3, 3-7, and what was it, John 1.12. So, let's look at one of them here. Go to Ephesians 1.5 real quick. Ephesians 1.5, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Christ Jesus to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. So in that you see someone is adopted and becomes a child by adoption. Look over at John 3. John 3, let me find the verse here. Yeah, let's start with John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So one passage says you're an adopted child. The other passage says no kingdom unless you're born again. And that's what we're looking at here. Take this down. So what about the contradiction there? Born again in one verse and adopted in the other. 
When I was a kid, there were two questions you were supposed to ask people or two questions you were supposed to be able to answer. Are you a Christian? What's the next one? Are you born again? Are you a Christian? Born again? That's what you ask. Because Christian people, we were taught this, you may be Catholic. Catholics call themselves Christians. Episcopals call themselves Christians. People that were just baptized as babies and go to church twice a year just for religious tradition, don't really believe any of it, call themselves Christians. So there was always that qualifier. Are you Christian? Are you born again? And born again was, it's, it's not really as popular today as it was when I was a kid, that terminology. But it was, that was a born again Christian with what I was raised in. That's the real deal. That's somebody you know is really a Christian. They prayed the prayer, came down front, signed the card, got water baptized, joined the church, did the membership class. They're tithing. They're showing up on work days. They're the real deal. That's what born again was. Does everybody, everybody had similar experiences in that? This would be. Well, they say they do. Oh, you have to say you do. Yes. You say you tithe, but then in actuality, you actually give about 2.5%. Um, so the born again language comes from exactly where we read it here John 3. John 3 3 says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, who's he talking to? He's talking to Nicodemus. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And the, uh, the topic, and then of course we had Ephesians 1.5 that says we're adopted children by Christ Jesus. So the, the topic request goes, are we born again to sons of God or are we adopted to the children of God? Are we saved because we are born again or are we saved because of adoption? So I was taught, like I said, essentially, you probably remember this too, when you think born again, that means you're going to go to heaven when you die, if you're born again. That's if you just want to boil it down to the most simplest thing, what I was taught was born again means you're going to go to heaven when you die. Now, was anybody else taught that? Yes. Same thing? Okay. Now. Ask yourself another question. Were you taught that from Bible verses, or were you taught that by people talking about Bible verses? Those are two different things. Bible verses or people talking about Bible verses? Well, hold on. You just read the verse, dummy, is what some of you may be thinking. John 3, 3, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. There it is, dummy. You've got to be born again to go to heaven. Oh, that is the point. Does, does that verse say born again means you're going to go to heaven when you die? 
But I spent most of my life believing that. You too. But the verse says something different. And this, when you learn grace, how many of you have been frustrated? We're like, I gotta slow down, I gotta back up, I gotta rethink everything. This is one of those spots. Let the Bible, the, the, some of the best advice I ever heard was let the Bible be its own dictionary. Let the Bible define the terms, find out who's talking, to whom, and is it me? Who's talking, to whom, and is it me? Let's read the, the passage here in John 3, so a few more verses. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? It's a pretty good logistical question. We just had Mother's Day, and you know, you see the pictures of the sons standing next to the mother and son, mother. How is that possible? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. So we've got a term now. He says, you cannot get into the kingdom without being born again. Is that heaven? That is true. God is in heaven. He's got a kingdom there. But in the context of the book of John, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when Christ is dealing prophetically, the kingdom is not going to heaven. How did he teach his disciples how to pray? Nobody's ever heard the Lord's Prayer, have you? He says, it's great, you know, he says to his disciples, don't do this in vain repetition. What does every church in town do every week, vain repetition? As our Lord taught us to pray, <laughs> they vainly repeat it. But no, he says in Matthew 6, 9, after this manner, therefore, pray thee, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Come from where? That's where? Thy kingdom come where? Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Remember Matthew 19 when the, uh, the rich ruler didn't want to sell all of his stuff? And his disciples, he goes away sorrowful and his disciples say, Hey man, we got rid of everything. We forsook all. We're following you. What do we get? He says in Matthew 19, Ye which have followed me in the regeneration when the... Actually, let me give you the passage here. Matthew 19, 28. Because this is an important one. Nineteen twenty-eight. 
19.28 Ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of heaven. No. Israel. Twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. Do you remember your Christmas cards? Isaiah 9, 6, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, the government. And he says in verse 7 of Isaiah 9, The increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David. On the earth. And upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with justice or judgment and justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The Lord sent a word into Jacob and hath lighted it upon Israel. Israel. So I see here, it seems, when I look in the context of who is talking, Jesus is talking, what's he talking about in the context, I don't see heavenly places here. Not yet. What about the term born again? You know, you get letting the Bible define its terms. Born again and also born of God seem to be interchangeable. And if you look back at John 1, in verse 13, you see this born of God. John 1, 13, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Born of God. Did John write anything else in the Bible? There's those little ones in the back, right? First, second, and third John. Same guy. First John, if I'm letting the Bible define the terms and it's telling me about people that are born again or born of God, go to First John 2. We're going to exceed the verse limit per hour today. <laughs> made it to revolution, you went too far. Before revolution. Look at uh, chapter 2. Oh, look at verse 27. The anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. What am I doing here then? We'll get to that. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him. When he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. 
born of God. So I got, does righteousness and how about anointed? You hear people talking about getting the anointing? Look over at the next page, chapter 3. Same page for you? Okay. Look at verse 9 in chapter 3. Is that your church experience? Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. That's been my experience. For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Look at the next page. Chapter 4. 4 verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth, love, and knoweth God. You love your neighbor as yourself perfectly? Hmm. Same writer here. What about verse or chapter five? Chapter five, verse three. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. Everybody's commandment keepers here, we're all following the law. And his commandments are not grievous, for whosoever or whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? That he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, I'm just looking at verses. We're just reading verses. We're not questioning the verses. We're just looking at the writers and letting the Bible define terms. We saw in John that born of God and born again are interchangeable. And then we've looked through this writer, John's verses, and we're letting the Bible define terms of what does born again or born of God mean. And I'm looking at these verses, and I'm honest with myself. That's not me. I probably sinned this morning before breakfast. Born of God does not commit sin. But looking at the verses, I'm seeing that born-again people, people that love their neighbors as themselves, keep God's law commandments, don't sin, believe Jesus is the Son of God, don't need teachers because they're anointed, and the kingdom they're going to is a literal physical one in Israel. Ruled by Christ, 12 thrones, 12 tribes of Israel. But what was I taught? Born-again means. Born-again means you're going to heaven when you die. I just read a bunch of verses that seem to change that definition. What do I do with that? Move along. Nothing to see here. Just keep doing what we've always done. No. I decided when I came back to church and started studying this book again, I said, I'm going to let it take me wherever it takes me. There's no, no 
sacred cows. I, I just, I'm willing to, to embrace things I didn't know and throw out things I, I did know. I just want to see if this leads somewhere that makes sense, studying this book dispensationally. And I know I've told you before, I've always had in the back of my mind, if it doesn't, I can quit. Spent 10 years out of church, got used to it, no problem. But it led to some place that made sense. So back to the three questions, who's talking, to whom, and is it me? Well, back in John 3, that's easy, it's red letters, right? You know who's talking, it's Jesus. Now, who's he talking to? The bad preacher joke is John 3 is the first episode ever of Nick at Night. Nicodemus came to talk to him at night. That's not mine. I stole that from someone. But Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. Who's Nicodemus? It says right in verse 1, a ruler of the Jews. John 1.11, Christ came unto his own, and his own received him not. Who were his own? Jews. Matthew 15.24, Christ says, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Well, that's just those places. It's Jesus talking. Paul says later, Christ, in Romans 15, that Christ was a minister of the circumcision to confirm the promises made to the fathers. Were they my fathers? Were they your fathers? No. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. That's John 1. But as many as received him... To them, to the people who said, yes, you're the Christ, yes, you're the Messiah, to those people, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. How did he do that? Even to them which believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. To those people whom he was talking to, he gave them power to be... Born again. Is that you? Hmm. That's Jesus in the red letters. And we looked, I erased the references, but we looked over at Ephesians, and we got this Paul guy saying, it's not a second birth, it's a first adoption. Is that the same thing? having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Is adoption the same as born again? Nothing to see here. Move along. Ignore that. The elders have discussed this, young Steve. And the elders, three of them agree... And this is the interpretation we've decided is true. They are the same thing. You wouldn't like that, would you? 
I didn't like that answer. They're not the same thing, are they? Hmm. Back to Nick's question. How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? So, we all know what childbirth is like. Some firsthand, some secondhand. I won't draw childbirth. How about we'll just draw a crib here? So we got first birth. And Jesus said, you need to do that again. Get legs on our crib here. How are you going to do that? Now, adoption, we don't have a crib, do we? We don't have a physical birth to a physical mother. We don't have any of that. What do we have? You got legal stuff, right? You've got. Let's do our gavel here and our legal papers. You have a judge and you sign some forms. You do not have a first physical birth when you're adopted to your adoptive parents. We all know that. What if I told you the key to understanding the born again audience is by the words you don't want in your Bible? What's the words that everybody does not want in their Bible? No these and thous, no yees. Take those out. I hate those. John 3, 3, the these and the thous and the yees actually matter. Look at verse 7. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. you have any clue why it goes thee to ye? Who cares? It's all those archaic words we don't like. Did you know that thee and thou, every time you see it in your Bible, it's singular. Talking to one person. Every time you see ye and you, it's plural. So it matters. Marvel not that I said unto you, one guy sitting in the room, ye must be born again. Who is the ye? There's two guys in the room. Marvel not that I said unto you, one guy, all y'all, that's the, that's the deep theological definition for ye, all y'all, who's the ye? There's only two guys in the room. Well, look at the very next verse down, well, not the next verse down, the ye, he asked, art thou a master of Israel, in verse 10, and knowest not these things? How'd you get in charge being so dumb, Nicodemus? You're a master? The ye, he's a ruler of the Jews, 
talking about being a master of Israel, the ye is the nation Israel. Marvel not that I said unto you, one guy, that ye, the whole nation, need to be born again. Huh. Shouldn't a master of Israel know that Israel already had their first birth? When did that happen? Did God have anything to do with the birth of the nation Israel? Did he intervene at all in any way? Is there anything miraculous about that? Abraham, get away. I'm going to start a new nation with you. Abraham, Isaac, anyone? Yeah. 100-year-old people having babies. But look at Exodus 4.22. Exodus 4.22. That's to the left for any deacons that are in here. Four twenty-two. <laughs> Actually, 22 and 23. And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son. Even my firstborn. And I say unto thee, let my son go, that he may serve me. Israel, Exodus, you see Israel is the firstborn son. The nation was born. Master in Israel should know that, right? How did Israel work out that covenant that they made? Remember Exodus 19? All the words that the Lord says will do. They they said everything you say will do. They accepted the terms. Right. Yes, that that was an error in speaking on my part. Thank you. Yeah, it's not like Moses sat down and said, Hey Jehovah God, here's the deal I've got. Tell me what you think. No, it didn't happen like that. <laughs> but do you remember, I know there's, there's two passages I always tell you to remember when you're trying to understand New Testament Israel in relation to the body of Christ. First one's easy, Jeremiah 31 squared. Jeremiah 31, 31. The other one's not quite as easy, Ezekiel 36. Ezekiel 36, the second birth was prophesied. A new heart also, this is 3626, a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. Huh. And ye shall, look at the next verse, and ye shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and ye shall be my people, and I will be your God. Prophesied. Promises to Israel. Jeremiah 31 squared. 
I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. This shall be my covenant that I will make. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. Prophet, promised prophesied. So the only people that can qualify on being born again would be Israel who receives their Messiah according to prophecy. I can't be born again according to the terms the Bible is laying out. Adoption. Adoption. Is that the same as being born again? Look over at 2 Corinthians 5, please. That sounded kind of bossy. If you say please at the end, it works out. 2 Corinthians. <laughs> Paul says something. Now, Paul's the one that talks about the adoption. You're adopted. He says something about the adopted crowd in a couple places that is important to look at. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is born again. New creature. It does not say born again. It says new. Anybody here like Apple products? You know, every time you get a you get an update, it's version you know 1.5, version 8.2. New creature, something that's new, is version 1.0, isn't it? The very first iPhone, the very first iPhone operating system was version 1.0, new. What is born again? Version 2.0. An old thing, born again, redone. Look over at Galatians 6.15, please. Got it right the first time, right? 3.16. Now remember the, the born of God, born again verses. Remember it was about 12 thrones and 12 tribes and judging the, the nation Israel. Look at this new creature, Galatians 6.15. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but version 1.0. Circumcision, uncircumcision, that's Israel and Gentiles said, those don't avail anything, but a new creature. New is new. Didn't exist before, does now. Born again is a reboot. Version 2.0. Israel, what's that? A new floppy. You just dated yourself there, buddy. 
I haven't seen a floppy disk in probably 15 or 20 years. Are you still in Galatians there? Galatians 3.26, For ye are all children of God. That verse was quoted yesterday at the royal wedding. You're all children of God. We are all children of God. But they didn't finish the verse. How am I a child of God? By faith in Christ Jesus. And we know specifically our faith is in Christ's finished work as a complete payment for our sins. Did Nicodemus know that? Did the twelve disciples know that? They didn't. It, Jesus is up, resurrected, out of the tomb, and they're going, we got to find his body. Because they didn't know about the resurrection. How can that be the same faith that we have? Our gospel is very clear. The death, the burial, the resurrection. Nicodemus, Christ's disciples, didn't know about any of them. He says in Ephesians, we're predestinated to be the adoption of children. There's another verse over in Romans, Romans 8, 8.15. You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Adopted people, you used to be somebody else's kid. You were born to mother, maybe father was around, maybe he wasn't. But you have a physical father and mother over here. You're adopted into someone else's family. You're not their physical children. You started off somebody else's, now you got a new mommy and dad. Whose kid were you before you were adopted as a child of God? Mm-hmm. You don't believe me? Ephesians 2. Get Ephesians 2. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Do you know who that is? Yeah. No first birth. That's who we're born to. Our daddy, the devil, among whom also we had a conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. We were not born the first time into God's nation, Israel, according to the law. We were born into the wicked, sin-cursed Gentiles, who didn't want anything to do with God. 
Do you know how I know that? Still in Ephesians 2, look down at verse 11. Wherefore, remember that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, which was called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were hopeless. You were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. You didn't have the first birth. According to this gospel of grace, you don't need a second birth. You need a first adoption. You need to go from the devil's kid to becoming God's kid. That's what you need. And it's not by joining up with Israel. It's not by, well, I'm going to go back in my time machine. We'll find Michael J. Fox and get that DeLorean up to 88 miles an hour. Well, no. According to that verse, too, think about that verse, Ephesians 2.11. If we take that back to the John 3 context, where Christ says, I'm just being sent to Israel... I'm sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I'm coming to my own. Ephesians 2.11, Christ wouldn't have had anything to say to you back when he was talking about people needing to be born again. He was only coming to Israel. You were not his own. You were not a lost sheep of the house of Israel. You were alien from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise. One of my favorite... Two words to see in the Bible now. But now. Hopeless. Aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Strangers from the covenants of promise. Having no hope without God in the world. But now. Amen to that. But now. Now in Christ Jesus. Ye who are sometimes far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Far off. Is anybody preaching the blood of Christ in John 3? You're made nigh by a gospel that was not known in John 3. The blood of Christ, the death, the burial, the resurrection. You're made nigh by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace, who hath made both one and broken down the middle wall of partition between us. No such thing as Jew or Gentile? Well, that won't work here, because I know in the kingdom it's going to be Israel, 12 thrones and 12 tribes. So this adopted person must have a different destination. Because they've got both one. Whoever believes this gospel, both one. Broken down the middle wall of partition. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. You're not under the law if you're adopted. How can you be not under the law and having the law abolished, but you're here? You can't be both places. You can't have the law written in your heart and keep his statutes and judgments and do them and have the law abolished in his flesh. 
for to make of himself, make in himself of twain, that's two, of twain one new man, so making peace. This version 1.0 new creature cannot be this. They cannot be the same thing. The church, the body of Christ, which is what this is, is neither Gentile nor Israel. Of twain, one new man. It's a spiritual body headed for spiritual kingdom in heavenly places with spiritual blessings. It's the subject of what's called the mystery of Christ. That's the people who are going to die and go to heaven. So being born again, that means I'm going to an earthly kingdom. Being adopted son of God by the Holy Spirit, again, it's the same Holy Spirit doing two different things. God's Holy Spirit enables these people to be born again, keep the law. God's Holy Spirit adopts us into the body of Christ. But you can't make them both the same thing. The body of Christ does not operate according to the law. Born again people do. The body of Christ is headed for heavenly places. Born again people are headed for an earthly kingdom. Ephesians 2.6. It's funny, we were just talking about this verse before the service started. <laughs> Ephesians 2.6. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You're going to heavenly places. You're, God looks at you as already there seated. I'm in North Canton. I'm in a sin-cursed body. You're going to heaven when you die. You trust that gospel. So, as far as, you know, back to the original topic idea, is it a contradiction for born again and adopted? Only if you try to make them the same thing. If you try to make them the same thing, you got, as the great theologian Tonto said, keep big problems and contradictions. But if you leave them separate, it's fine. Let the born-again people go where the born-again people are going to go. Let the adopted people go where they're going to go. But to take Jesus' words in John 3 and try to apply them to the body of Christ, us today, doesn't work. That's my not-so-humble opinion. But that's the way I, I just get there by reading Bible verses and let them say what they say to whom they say it. So. That's all I have for this week. Wow, that was short for me. Does anyone have any thoughts or comments or questions? The clearest explanation of the Bible is 